0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. As you may have guessed, my name is AJ Kierens, and I'm here each and every week as my job as a conductor on this starship is to introduce you to the designers, artists, and illustrators from around the world who bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's a pretty simple concept, right folks? So each week, we reach out to a different artist from around the world, and we learn a little bit more about their story, their process, how they got to where they are, Intertwined a little bit with uh, the brewery that they're working with, or that how we learned about them, and you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there, you know, we touch on a wide variety of of topics that kind of come up it's all done very organically give you a little uh you know pop-up video we do have you know roughly i think it's eight to ten questions that we usually share that helps to i think a kind of ease the situation we're not trying to have some breaking news expose or catch any of our artists off guard we're just trying to introduce you to to them you know i think that you know we we drink the beer that is the vessel we love the beer that's the vessel hopefully we are beer agnostic so it doesn't always work out that way and i think it's just really important especially in this new dawn you know as i said in a recent piece it's kind of a you know renaissance i think the craft beer scene and i think the art the cans the labels the bottles are really you know taking that in a new direction and and these artists and designers are really a, you know, a key piece of that. So this week's featured artist for episode number 52, 52, whoa, is Adam Foreman. We came to learn of Mr. Foreman through the work that he has done and continues to do with Jolly Pumpkin, Jolly Pumpkin Artisanal Ales. And it was really nice to get a chance to speak to Adam to learn about his his story You know coming from the you know the the tattoo world love of comic books you know being a dad you know we just talk about it all and i really it was a great connection and i thought it was really interesting i find adam to have a really you know positive and great lens which he sees the world and he was able to you know share that with us for our you know our brief time together so we do look forward um to the future and getting out to Detroit. I know that's something that's uh, said often you know, around here, but um, we look forward to the opportunity to get to meet you know, Adam in 3D and kind of have a second chapter to this story. So we look forward to that. But you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Prayer your podcast. If you are trying to find out more information about Mr. Adam Foreman, you can go to his website, Adam, letter B, Foreman, F-O-R-M-A-N and find him on Instagram. It's Dutch like past the Dutchy D-U-T-C-H-R-U-B-B So that's Dutch, the that Dutch rub is Mr. Foreman himself. Then you go to Jollypumpkin.com. That's probably the easiest one here. And so uh, you learn more information about there. We are the 16 ounce canvas. You can find us at the 16oz canvas.com. 16oz canvas twitter. Facebook, Instagram, Vino, Venmo, Venmo, whatever the fuck that new one is that we're doing, uh, YouTube, and I don't know. If there's something new that we should be trying, we'll definitely look into that also. But without further ado, I give you the one, the only, Mr. Adam Foreman, episode number 52, cinquenta y dos, muy bueno. Salud, amigos. hello and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas the art of craft beer podcast really excited to have with us tonight adam foreman a adam b foreman.com is his website and we came to learn of adam through the work that he does with jolly pumpkin brewery so thank you so much adam for you know making the time to to join us tonight it's uh it's been fun you know coordinating and it's uh part of the process and
1: so oh, God. thank you so much for having me it's huge
0: yeah, no, I I appreciate it, and one of the you know the really cool things you know it's twofold. We always like to acknowledge those who introduce others. You know, I've had some you know personal and professional introductions, but you know, one that stuck out to me was Heidi Geist, who we've you know interviewed early on, and she you know pointed us in your direction. And then secondly, one of um, the it was actually cool because I you always see things, and your your style is very you know it's very unique, and it's you know they they're all kind of they're similar without being kind of repetitive, if that's a good way to, to put it. But early on I, at my, my real job, as, which again, surprising. I keep telling folks that you know podcasts aren't printing money these days. But anyway, I received one of the, I did think it was um, Rare Beer of the Month or something like that. And you sure. had had a, a label, I think it was uh, Rosie D Del Barrio, and you know just, oh, just yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a you know, and it was really. I just thought it was really kind of it was like calming and it was really nice. It was you know it's just yeah, I believe it was, I'm not sure if it was a cat. You're, or you're a too kind, by
1: the way. One of, one of my One of my favorite labels there. I mean, it was a really kind of weird, funny project how that came up, but really one of my favorites. I mean, it's kind of outside of the. The yeah. usual Jolly Pumpkin Cannon, but thanks for bringing that one up. That's yeah, great. Yeah,
0: I think it's just really great. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's a cat or a squirrel or a fox, but it's just, it's really, it's 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 beautiful and it's simplicity and it's, you know, it's really nice and it kind of, you know, I don't know, I think art takes you to a place and I think you, everyone has been in an alley somewhere and seen a stray cat or just kind of been, you know, whether you're a cat owner and it was just, <laughs> it was just kind of nice. And that one, it was kind of surprising because I, I, with, you know, sorry to the jolly folks but it didn't equate to me as a jolly piece uh, either or it wasn't i was against it but it just kind of but it stuck out to me it right one of the the selfish right parts. and you know and it
1: wasn't I'll, I'll i'll unpack that a little i mean it was it was totally from that river club chris you know i can't recall the guy's last name but he's approached jolly pumpkin a few times in the past and like you know jolly does so many collaborations and so much stuff all over the place i try to I try to organize those or kind of create these different buckets for different collaborations to kind of have a style or a story I'm trying to tell as we do kind of different, you know, versions of them or, or you know, different editions of them and to kind of tell these chapters of these stories. And Rare Beer Club is kind of one of those. We've been all over the place and to make this one even crazier uh, all over the place, they wanted to do a, uh, they wanted to do a competition to name the beer. And the story was, is that uh, Chris had lost his cat that he's had for, you know, 15 years or something like that. And, uh, and he wanted to do a tribute to his cat. So they, they had a list of names that were being voted on and Rosie DeBarrio came up. And it, so it totally had this, you know, uh, um, the Spanish feel to it. And, you know, Chris must live in Southern California is my guess. And I've been back and forth living from California to, to Michigan, geez, I mean, for the past 15 years or so. So I really had this opportunity to kind of make this love letter to Los Angeles and East LA kind of lived right outside of that area. Would drive through it all the time so it was like this I, I think like you just suggested it was like this little story you know like it was so outside of the jp world but one of my favorites because it was really kind of heartfelt and it was just like oh i'm just going to make this a tribute to los angeles how i you know how i know it and how i remember it so and at that time i was living in in michigan and like i said i'm back and forth all the time now so
0: yeah i but, think uh, it was i don't know just it was something with that one that it was kind of it was nice because when you know i go and you know look through and it's kind of, it's just kind of a fun it's i don't know it's it's fairly peaceful for me to go through kind of the rabbit hole of your profile and so that one stuck out to me and i was like oh like that's always that one's always kind of resonated nicely with me and yeah it's and even that story is great cuz you know we now have two cats which i don't think they're ever going to die but the reason we have them <laughs> they won't yeah, they won't be immortal <laughs> Yeah. I bought them. I bought them for my wife. Um, when we were dating, she had that, you know, that 15 year old, 20 year old, her her cat was Mary and it was early on. And it was, you know, cats are weird in that way. They kind of, sometimes if if they're outdoor cats, they just run away to to die. And it's a, it's a weird commonality. And so that's what she had thought would happen. And but it was still let and no less painful. And so I, you know, I got her two cats and so I, it's just kind of, that's, that's really great. Like I said, my cats are going to become zombies and they're gonna come back and haunt me. They, they, they only pee on my Your clothes. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're just, <laughs> yeah. I know that Coco and Zelda are not listening, but if they were, I'd kind of, uh, you know, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that was really, that was really nice for me to kind of not have not know that and, and which is, it's, it's one of my, my, my favorite parts of the project is kind of just diving in and just kind of, you know, the inner, the interwebs are, are, are a beautiful place. And so it was just nice to kind of dive in there and go, Oh, all right, this guy's going to be in my podcast. Fuck. Yeah. And so, so awesome. Right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So,
1: and you know, and job on the website, I think we've, we've updated. So like, that's like the comprehensive place, like for a long time, that wasn't the case. We can kind of unpack that later, but like that's for, you know, it, there was this necessity to kind of get all the packaging up on the interwebs and we finally got that done last year. So that is now a comprehensive, you know, story machine for everything that is Jolly Pumpkin for the first time. in you know, since the inception in 2004, I think is when JP started. So,
0: yeah. And I think that that's really, and what I've seen, and that's also, you know, for breweries who may be listening, if you, if you tag your artists, who's doing the work in your posts or whatever it'll make it easier for me to find them but it's been really nice because I don't see I, I don't see what Jolly does all the time I, I noticed um you know uh, a few other breweries you know do that uh, I think it was 18th Street brewery we just recently interviewed uh, Joey Potts over there and they have a whole like section of their website for their labels you know the a few other folks do that and when they do I just think it's just really nice because there's been a clear distinction of breweries who have great art but don't acknowledge who the artist is. And I don't think they realize it. I don't think it's done maliciously. And there's other ones that go out of their way to support their artists as kind of either, you know, using the Voltron analogy, you know, a key appendage. Or just kind of a, just to show that it's a it's a conscious decision. And I think that I, I definitely noticed that, you know, again, jollypumpkin.com and there's a whole, you know, all be air. Uh, you know section that, that shows you everything and there's even those you know um you know ones we were just talking about in there as the the series is and so i just think it's really it really is nice as a, as a compliment to how important you know your work is for Jolly so I'm, I'm really i'm really glad to see that and so that's that's nice
1: well thanks i appreciate that
0: yeah well thank well, thank them I mean, i'm just i'm just a connoisseur i mean
1: i'm just kind of i'm just
0: <laughs> jump i'm just makes my, it makes my life easier but yeah i have no I have no pull in that, so
1: that's... You well, definitely... you, know, I mean, you know, Jolly Pumpkin's always been, you know, uh, Ron, uh, Ron Jeffries, who's the brewmeister, um, he's always been super supportive of that stuff. Like, you know, I think, you know, right away, and I don't know if it was... I'm not sure how far in the future he could see when he was starting Jolly Pumpkin. I certainly didn't really know much about the style of beard that he was making, like, you know, again, 2004. Uh, you know, the craft brew scene was, was a very different thing than it is now. Um, and certainly I was not particularly aware of, of Belgian, well, at least Belgian beers it was, but not the whole sour, you know, wild fermentation thing. Like that was completely off my radar. So, um, when he approached me about them, uh, I really had no idea what he was doing. I mean, he was the brewmeister at a local a brew pub in the area that it was, it had, he had a lot of success over there and kind of want to break out and start his own thing. Um, but the whole large format thing was new to me. Like I didn't understand that beer could come in 750 milliliters. Like it was just... Again, not not part of my world. Um, so it was kind of cool to have him approach me on that, and you know, and just have this attitude of you know, just basically do what I want. I mean, you know, certainly we want you know, we want to tell a story, and you know, we had some different you know themes or ideas that we wanted to explore. But I mean, there was there was very little handholding or direction right from the get go. I mean, it was just you know, I trust what you're doing, and and do your thing. So, uh, so back in 2004, I illustrated the original, what are they? Are six or eight labels? That's kind of the core brand. And back then I, geez, I got a watercolor paper, like Arches watercolor paper. And, and they're like watercolor ink and colored pencil, you know, uh, illustrations, um, that we would scan and then put in and, uh, and listen, as things change, like you really can't edit those after you draw them. So, I think pretty quickly we went to a hybrid process of of digital and all that stuff but it's crazy to think back to those early days and, and our format was way different back then too if you look at the old bottles everything's like oval label um and it had kind of the storybook kind of feel to it and we're way different now but um we still have some of that same through line um but like things are you know visually much just much tighter now
0: and, and right. much more
1: modern um that's but what a cool process that's been so yeah
0: so we're gonna keep that as a teaser because I think that um, we need to break you down first, Adam, because we first want to hear about Adam. Sure. Um, Ron, we will get to that, so okay. don't, w- we don't worry. But let's say let's a couple of steps back, um, I, um, you know, how did you get into drawing? I, I think that your style is really, you know, I think it's unique. And like I said, they're very, they're kind of, um, I don't know, I like to say like, they're cousins, but they're not always the same, you know, you're not, you, you can tell that they're, they're yours when you put them all together, but they're unique in, in standing alone themselves. And, but yeah. what's, what's kind of, you know, what's the, uh, you know, the Adam, the Adam Foreman story. How, how did you get into to drawing and art and creative? You know, let's, let's just kind of go back in the time machine a little bit and
1: then we'll, uh, we'll catch, sure. up. We'll catch up, catch <laughs> up. Well, I've, I've always been, you know, that kid that was always doodling, you know, through grade school and all that stuff. and, you know, all the way up, I guess, through, you know, junior high and high school, you know, I kind of kept playing around with it a little bit, um, was always big, uh, you know, played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, <laughs> uh, read a few, read a little bit of comic books. Like I was always just kind of into nerd culture and all that stuff. So drawings always been a part of my life, but, um, I don't think I really even necessarily saw myself as an artist growing up. Uh, I, I liked to write a lot as a kid too. Um, and writing was kind of more of my thing until I hit college. And I was thinking about uh, going to school for journalism and playing around with art. And, you know, and I had this one uh, counselor from, from the art department that was a professor there that really challenged me. Like, you know, I had, I had suggested that i I might want to explore art and he kind of took me down this path of paperwork. <laughs> and then at the end of it, I kind of dropped this bomb. Like, well, I don't know, like we either don't want to do it. And he totally just kind of, Challenged me. He's like, "Well, you're wasting my fucking time." Then, kind of had this attitude. of like, "Wow!" Like, really passionately, kind of came at me and and challenged me. Like, and for some reason, you know, I was just like, "You know what? I want to show this dude that I can be an artist." And from that moment on, I just decided that I was going to start drawing and take it seriously. Um, and that's exactly what I did. So, I got an art degree from Eastern Michigan University, uh, which is just a small, kind of working class state college uh, in Michigan. Um, and, uh, and was drawing there, I guess I did life drawing and painting, you know, like all that college stuff, you do photography, I don't know where I was going with it. Um, and then let me think, I guess I must've been maybe a sophomore in college and, uh, and then my, and then I had a baby. So my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, so like, and I said, well, Hey, let's, let's get married and do this thing. So. We did that. I dropped out of school for a little bit and I started tattooing. And uh, and so I was a tattoo artist, like in the small town and just started doing that. Went back to college, finished my degree. And from that point on, it was always like tattooer, illustrator. I even taught art for a little while at elementary school. Um, kind of always kind of playing these differences, you know, like I would do one job and then moonlight doing something else. Uh, I was a catalog illustrator. Uh, for a while drunk food, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I just always, again, I was tattooing for, I guess about 17 years. Um, and then along the side of that, I was constantly illustrating. Um, and then eventually I stopped tattooing, I guess about seven years ago. Um, and then, uh, you know, um, and then I started doing some art direction work and, I don't know, all over the place. Like I've done a lot of creative stuff outside of illustration, but illustration has kind of always been this drumbeat in the background with Jolly Pumpkin. Um, and, you know, usually that had just been a contract illustrator. You know, they'd need a label and they'd email me depending on where I, or call me up depending on where I was. And, uh, and I just kind of deliver from a distance. Or if I was local, I I'd, I'd deliver locally. So, um, but really uh, drawing and storytelling have kind of been this common denominator of my life, uh, you know. Uh, since I was a kid. But again, I always thought of myself more of a writer less of a drawer until until that professor, <laughs> Richard Washington, he just challenged me. And that was that. So um, and it's, you know, really defined me ever since. I mean, that's always been what I've been doing in the background. And, uh, um, you know, art history has always been a passion for me. Like, you know, I'm kind of constantly doing the artist thing. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 45, I've now and I'm thinking like my generation, you know, this is kind of pre, you know, social media and all that stuff, you know. So um I think it's interesting to kind of see how social media has really, you know, tapered down certain styles and you know, people get a lot better, a lot quicker. You know, I kind of come from the school of like I had to do everything. So, you know, I try to master like all these different styles depending on what customers wanted or, you know, what what the demands were. Um so I kind of have this crazy skill set of you know of of a wide variety of, of different ways to kind of express different different stories and different messaging um and i think that that's been you know quite beneficial especially for something in like jolly pumpkin you know with ron producing so many beers and all that stuff like i just change up my style kind of but like as you suggested you know my you kind of know my uh my uh, my base style and kind of my instincts artistically so you can see there's a through line but I don't even have to try to put a through line in. I know that they all came from my hands. So it's always going to kind of match up, you know, that, um, that I have enough product out there where I can just, you know, people know my sound, you know, so.
0: You have your tone, right? As the musicians say, right, they always have, that's the goal to have their unique tone as a you know guitar player or, you know, a certain style when you're playing. But now, have you ever told the, your professor kind of, you know, that, you know, or you know that, that he impacted you to that level?
1: Oh, I did. Yeah, totally. Totally. That's yeah, fucking was, awesome. It's, it's, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's yeah. It's fucking awesome. Like, listen, like that, that whole thing is just, I, you know, I, I've been, I think since I decided to kind of step on that artistic path, like I have just been, you know, the, the universe has, has provided for me in ways that I never would have expected. And that's just one of many examples. Like just, you know, like I just kind of felt like there was this calling to kind of go down a certain creative path and, and I listened to it and trusted it. Despite many people's advice and probably good advice that you know, hey, listen, you know, you're soon to be father. Maybe an art major isn't the best choice for your degree, but you know, uh, kind of threw caution to win and just kind of trusted my skill set and uh, and learned how to hustle really quick, you know, and uh, and and that was that. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that you know, uh, yeah, that professor put me on a path. That is for sure. So yeah, uh, I think... I, I, owe, I owe him all that. So
0: well, not you owe know, him a good amount. I mean, I think that sometimes people need to realize their potential. And you know, my wife is uh, she teaches seventh grade science, and so one of her you know greatest moments is you know every couple you know every year, every couple years, though something like. Some students come back and they just say, you know, you know, I'm, like they remember her class or they even the fact they even come back, right? And they, you know, I remember at our wedding, her, her first class that she had, you know, she told them all if they, you know, graduated high school and went to college that, you know, because they, they knew us when we were dating. I went to, uh, you know, I wasn't a school teacher. I did take one teaching class thinking that maybe we could... Romanticize being teachers. And, yeah, teach together. Yeah. Right, teach together and have summers off and all that stuff. And I was like, uh, I'm like, yeah. I was like, I love you, Susan. I was like, I think you're amazing. I was like, but I fucking cannot be a school teacher. You know, one class, I was like, rip cord out. And, um, but I did help with like Saturday Academy and these like extracurricular stuff and a couple of the students we knew and they and then we promised you know we they're like oh you're gonna get married and we kind of joked okay sure when we get married you'll be you know as long as you go to college you know you'll be able to you know we'll send you an invite to our wedding and so we have this beautiful picture of my wife and I with you know four of her first class students you know who are you know young women in college you know came and so i know that that probably made you know that guy's you know uh life you know not life but you know made that you know his that's sad i mean no offense that was his whole life that would be sad but Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I don't like, I don't want to minimize it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's important to, for teachers to, to realize that because, you know, they're not, they're not getting rich off of, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, uh, right. It's not like they're getting paid well. So, right. I (laughs) mean, yeah. So, so yeah, no, I think I, I really, and then you also talk about your hustle and I think that that's, I think that's one of the most powerful things. I think people have to have that grind, you know, especially, Um, you know, once you have your, once you make your first human, I think you realize that pretty quickly, how much of a, you know, how, how the grind is, is important and stuff like that. And so you're like, oh, I got to take care of another, another individual. But I think that the artist life, you know, I think now with, with social and things now it allows artists to have more scalability in their offerings. But I think also in the same vein you you can compete with somebody who's not even in Michigan right for, for work or whatnot so it, it, the good and the bad is it, it makes it a little more hyper competitive but it also gives you a larger reach
1: yeah no absolutely I mean I think I heard somebody refer make the comment that um, you know it's never been easier to become an artist but it's, it's it's never been harder to become a good artist you know like I just think that the information's out there so like you know the, the buy-in or the, the cost of entry is is so low you know, but the competition is so great because everybody just gets so good so quickly because of exposure, you know, like it's, it's, it's amazing to see what talent is out there. And when, when people have, you know, good access to information, um, and they can constantly compare, um, what they're doing to the people that they, uh, that they admire and look up to and aspire to be, you know, how rapidly people can transform their minds and and produce amazing work. Uh, it's, it's, it's super cool. It's super cool. Um, And again, I'm very thankful that I kind of came in to art at the time that I came into it. Um, I mean, I would just be, I mean, clearly I would be different if I grew up in this generation of artists. Um, But I'm, you know, there's no, there's no guarantee that I would have been able to make a living at it. You know, I mean, it's just, I'm not sure if, you know, uh, if that world and social, you know, benefits a certain kind of skill set that I just might not have or, you know, just have differently in some way. So, um, I'm definitely, you know, both a product of, of my time coming up as an artist, um, and, and super thankful and, and thankful for that. So it got me here. Yeah. Right. I
0: mean, this is really the end of your, your career milestone bucket list, right. To be featured on a on a beer label podcast so i mean i really think that this might, be. Might, this might be it i mean <laughs> this could be the the crescendo this is like the kind of the curtain call i mean i hope i hope not for if your I'm, sake i hope not for your sake adam but you know if it was we, you know we'll go out thumbing thumb on the wee style and we'll fucking you know ra- rage it up proper
1: totally totally well you know you know that, and that aside like i am super appreciative like this is awesome like i'm, I'm really stoked to be you know, to be asked questions like you know, you're asking questions about my background and my how i grew up as an artist like listen i don't get these questions so this is cool to kind of to kind of speak my truth and tell my story so it's, it's good <laughs>
0: yeah and, and it's a good story because what i what i'm learning is there's a lot of common themes i mean i think that you know obviously comic books is really important and i think that early on finding your creativity and kind of being comfortable in your own skin is really important and you know, somebody who's a father, you know, I am, I have, you know, two children, I'm a father, and I think it's important to instill that, you know, there's nothing wrong with whatever, whatever X is that you, they become or are. I think as long as I just want them to be proud of that. And it doesn't have to be anything that fits any sort of norms or, or whatever, if they want to take a chance. And, you know, the new lesson we're trying to teach the boys now is, you know, it's okay to fail. And I think that's important. So I'm just trying to, I just want to, um, yeah, I just think it's. I think I think stories like yourself and what we're trying to do here is just try to make. I know it sounds cliche or cheesy, but I just think it's important to try to make the world a better place by introducing unique and different things. And if introducing more people through beer to art and artists and creativity, that somebody might take that chance, or somebody might you know, yeah, you know, a lot. I mean, a lot of folks, right? Yeah, the family, the family business or the family way to go and they really want to do something else whether it's be an artist or a singer and you know my college roommate is an artist i mean an actor in chicago and it's definitely not the easy path but you know that's that's what his his heart pumps that's what he believes that's what he you know that's what he feels and you can't you can't change what you can't change that you know and so i think it's important and and that's
1: and that's how you find your place in the world i mean you you had you had mentioned that you know about being comfortable in your own skin but by the way like you know, I'm comfortable in my own skin because of art, you know, like it is, that was the mechanism in which I found that level of comfort, you know? I mean, it's, you know, because it certainly was because of my discomfort in my own skin and all of those things that, you know, caused me to sort of, you know, become so insular and just practice a craft that by the way, isn't social, you know, it's not a team sport. Like, this is something you do. And, you know, in basements and bedrooms when you're a kid, you know, like, you know, it's, it's that alienation that then ironically, you know kicked out the other end of it you know somebody who was comfortable um you know with themselves and what they can do in the world i mean it, it gave me those tools and those mechanisms so i'm eternally grateful for that for that process and and maybe even grateful for that alienation or whatever whatever i was feeling when i was a kid you know it's great
0: but yeah i think it's just yeah i, I think there's um there's never been i i, mean, I mean, like there's never been a to- a better time to be weird or unique or have a different approach or as you know uh perspective on life and i think that that's awesome you know i think that while technology and sometimes social things you know what are considered social media quote unquote can be alienating or can be you know uh desensitizing i think in a way they they also on the flip allow folks who are you know you, you can be really cool because you can draw something now but you might not be like the, be able to talk to somebody, and so that's why I even there's I have a few artists that I really want to get on the show, I won't name them, but I know that they don't want to do it because they're afraid of like, talking about themselves. But they fucking when I if they had a pen or an ink or drawing or whatever their process is, they crush it, you know. So it's like, right? It's it's, ama- it's amazing to me, and so we don't give up. But it's like I also try to be respect, respect, uh, respectful. So I, I'm trying to f- figure out that process, too. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there. But I, I, didn't <laughs> well, think- I think
1: I think you're right. I mean, that's, that's interesting. You brought that up about like kind of, it, you know, what's this complementary to social media? Because, I mean, I think that, you know, the, so, you know, social when, it, when it's when it's put in the most positive light, it is about, you know, that kind of level of exposure and, you know, and that you can disseminate that exposure, you know, globally. And and I think that that's super terrific. Um, but I think this other side of it is that, you know, it also leads to like this you know, this, this aspect that people can get into of self-criticism and judging themselves and, and really kind of, you know, feeling bad about what they're producing. Like, I think it's, they get inspired by what they see, but might get discouraged of the process of learning how to get to that point. You know, like I see that, I see that quite a bit. Um, and I think it's so cool that, you know, that you've put, you know, that at as, as part of your, your mission here. And, and I think that's, you know, especially, you know, you know, where I am in my career, like I'm so focused on, you know, trying to inspire you know, uh, young people, you know, whether I'm working with them or, you know, I, I collaborate with, with artists and artisans and, and other aspects of my career, but that whole aspect of getting people to trust their inner creativity and, and, and to make those moves and to make safe environments for people to do that, um, as opposed to just kind of constantly self-analyzing and beating themselves up. Um, you know, I, I just think that there's kind of this, this, this negative side sometimes to, you know, to social because of that stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know it's valuable but at the same time it's not it, it's not the same thing as having that human connection um, and I think you know making those efforts to make that connection and and to and to understand that failure and processes is, is part of being human and it's a beautiful thing and trust it and, and and just let it go through and let it go through what it needs to go through to bring you and deliver to the other side of it you know
0: I couldn't have, I mean I, I mean I literally could not have said that better I mean I, I would have tried but I <laughs> could not have said that better.
1: <laughs> but that was a that was a
0: hug then no, that was a that was a hugable moment i don't I don't want to minimize that like I just think I, no <laughs> <You're> amazing <laughs> no stop no I just think that people I think that that again like I I find again this is will be in, this is a mid 50s episode and I, I can't tell you when I had this idea I didn't think that we would get 10 episodes in and so I've learned again not only through the art to look at the world in different ways but just the way people like the way people describe things is really great and I, I just and then I take it, and then it becomes part of my personal vernacular. I mean, I, and I know how I got into the quote-unquote arts is you know, and we'll just give the quick level. You know, I, I did college radio for you know over a decade, and just kind of on a whim, thought it'd be cool, and did that. And I met you know, I met a band that was just trying that they were they were guests on the show, and I really we we connected. And, you know, weren't the lead guitar player is still one of my, you know, best friends, one of my groomsmen. But I was like, oh, we went, we'd like to play Connecticut, and we're from New Jersey. And I said, okay, play here, play here, call Joe. And I didn't realize that, long story short, I became their manager, you know, did that for like five or six years. And it, it was, it didn't, you know, obviously, I'm not famous. We didn't sign, you know, we signed an indie label. I didn't, you know, not buying the, you know, the hip, you know, super duper mansion and whatnot. But I gave it a shot, and I know that my life is better. Right. My life is better for that. And that my lenses that I see life through are better for that. And I can tell, I can, I don't, I don't have any regrets and how, you know, that, and I think that's important with people that you're not going to, you know, you might not be the, whatever, you know, that plateau, but are you not going to climb that mountain? Cause you might only make it to the third plateau. You know, might not get to the crest. Like that's, that's, that's a shitty way to live because, and so I think that, um, you know, we've, when we try to interview artists, like, I think that you're at a, at a you know, a good place in your career, and we, we interview artists who've only done, you know, a couple labels, and are kind of super green, and, you know, we kind of, and I, I like to, you know, look at that, too, and, you know, the vulnerability there, and they're kind of unshorten what they're doing, and I don't know, it's cool. I, I, I really, I think you're doing a, you know, a good thing, and, super selfishly you know i like the fact that you're older than i am so that's you're probably one of the few i've had so that, that's awesome <laughs> that's
1: amazing <laughs> yeah it's yeah so we're, you yeah, know we're,
0: we're doing great here we're, this is going great it's going better than i expected Adam. you're you're like uh you know you're like a you know you're like a spiritual figure here you got all sorts of knowledge you're dropping and uh and you're older than me, so it's even it's even better. Now, how old is your? Yeah, uh, how,
1: that's what yeah. that's what comes with age.
0: So yeah, you're Perfect. like yeah, you're like <laughs> one of these uh yeah one of these Jolly Pumpkin you know barrel age you know you're definitely uh we, we waited on you and now you're now you're wild out in the open and you're delicious. So we're loving it. So. And we are back. hope you're having fun. This is a good one. Adam is really easy to talk to. He's a good perspective. Humble. and Just has good energy. I think it, it resonates. You kind of can feel people. You can feel when people... If you don't realize it, you can feel when people are smiling when they talk. I'm smiling right now. Yeah, I'm having a good time. I'm happy. I feel good. Now here's me being you know sad and talking to you. See? You know, as a little tip of the cap makes you feel old, but like I said, sorry Adam, but you're older than me. Um, but the little tip of the cap too, you know, Toys of Us. You know, turn that frown upside down. You know, obviously there's a million toys of Toys R Us that you used to be able to play with, but now they went fucking bankrupt and they're shut down. But that's another sad story. But before that went in a dark direction. Um, was just saying that, you know, you can feel you know, the laughter, you can feel, you know, the, the good conversations there. And that's you know what we talk about. I think this goes really well. I've come to really geek out on how do I say this? When I talk to the you know artists and designers, especially you know those who have children who've made kind of like the you know the pre three D printer, you know something real. You know, a human. Um, And obviously Adam and I's children are at different ages, you know, at different cycles or different phases in their, you know, rotations around around the universe. But I just think, I, I find it interesting. It's been a newer direction in some of my questions is learning about perspective and perception of, you know, kind of life and other things. And that's what we're trying to do here. We definitely don't go into this you know, these pieces that we do in between the segments, you know, we might re- redo them a handful of times, but we try to keep them, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly in there. You know, they're definitely uh, not always the most polished. They're maybe a little little rusty. Maybe I fumble on some words. And, you know, occasionally I go back and edit it if it really bothers me, but I just kind of keep it, you know, it is what it is, and... I think that's one of the really cool things to learn about is In this process You know, originally it was very rigid You know, if you listen to some of the early interviews I was super nervous Unsure what, you know What the next question was going to be And as soon as I had something interesting to say I just, I said And I would cut people off You know, I wouldn't let the conversation be there You know, people I meet people who, who do listen And, you know, I love all of you You know They say that there's, you know, it's way more chill and it's drawn out and it has, you know, has this overall vibe to it. And I like that. That's kind of, that's really cool because I'm really making a conscious effort to allow or to have it be okay to have emptiness, to allow it to build and develop and it's kind of funny because you look at that like oh you know some of my favorite labels are are the simple ones you know that do have the empty spaces you know some of my favorite beers are those beers that you you know when you you get it it's been in a barrel or it's been aging for you know 18 months or two years and you know we've said it on other episodes and we are uh, repetitive so we do apologize for that but just think of doing something that you you know are really proud of and not being able to show it or really enjoy it publicly for for 2 years 2 months would be a lot 2 weeks you know and so it's a really interesting you know industry and we were really learning a lot and so I just had a really enjoyable time speaking with Adam you know his story you know talking about you know, tattooing which is one of these things that you know as somebody you know with this surprisingly pale uh canvas of a body not having any work done i find the you know the entire industry and culture and that art in and of itself just amazing and so i'm definitely always intrigued by that and it's really a cool story of how you know he and ron met and yeah i'm just really having a great time remember you're listening to episode number 52 5 to the 2 with Mr. Adam Foreman Adam the letter b is in boy Foreman F O R M A N dot com is his website. If you want to join the mailing list, then head on over also see him on Instagram, the Dutch Rub. It's D-U-T-C-H R U B B. He is, you know, the Dutch rub, but the handle's not the Dutch Rub. And then Jolly Pumpkin, Jolly dot com. And then if you're you know enjoying what we're doing, and it's really cool because you can see more folks are using the 1-6-O-Z canvas hashtag. I see you folks. I love it. I love you. I think it's amazing. That in and of itself is really cool. Before I would go to Instagram, and I'm not going to lie, I check it. I check to see who's tagging us or maybe somebody, you know, Steve used to really be kind of the the OG on that. You know, Steve Reboyne, one of the first people to tag us on some of his work. But you know, if you click on the one six OZ canvas hashtag on Instagram, it's really cool because originally, the majority of those photos were just the ones that we put out there, and I'd say we're not even at five percent yet. Yeah, maybe maybe five, maybe five to eight, maybe four. But there are other people. Some folks we've had on the show. Other folks just we know follow us. People we've talked to. It's wonderful. I mean that's that's kind of nerdy, right? It's kind of little, but that really means a lot to me. It just means that we're building week over week. We're growing. you know I look at the subscribers, I look at the followers and they're folks who I respect. you know, if you're an artist and you follow me, thank you. you know it makes my life a lot easier. If you're a fan and you've reached out AJ16ozcanvas.com. We are building it and we're, we're doing it together. We don't have any services that are helping us, you know, pad our stats or or grow our followers because it's one by one and that's awesome. And so it'll really come in handy and I hopefully we'll get to meet everybody this summer when we do our, you know, the Art of Craft Beer uh, Art Gallery show in New Haven, Connecticut. That will be in July. And so we're just trying to really, really just do something unique here and we thank you all for being a part of it. So let's get right back into it. This is part two of the one, the only Adam Foreman, Adam B. Foreman, right here. Sixteen ounce canvas. is the art of the craft beer.
1: Mm-hmm. blue.
0: How old is uh, how old is your how old is your child?
1: Oh my gosh, I've I've got two. I've got a tw- I've got a twenty-one year old and a twenty-three year old. So, uh, twenty-three-year-old is—it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, twenty-three-year-old is just—she's uh, just amazing writer, wild talent. I mean, uh, blown away at her skill level. Um, she's living in—she's living in Paris. Um, she's there. She's her second year there. She's working as a—as an au pair. Um, uh But you know, kind of just being her, just amazing iconoclast. which is, she's amazing. She's a, she's a force. Um, and my, my youngest, my 21 year old is a junior in college. So, and she's a, she's an athlete and, uh, um, she's, she's a force herself, but just completely different than my first daughter. So I got two daughters. They're just amazing, loving humans, uh, just passionate. And it's crazy to watch your kids grow up and kind of see them evolve into the adults that you always knew they would be. And, and they teach you so much, and they they reflect you. And man, it's it's the coolest part. It's it's the coolest part of life. It is, it Fuck is, my, yeah. you know, my greatest honor. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. So, I see, yeah,
0: I, when, when I, oh. I, I'm I'm probably the first of our friends that really has you know younger kids and stuff. And people, I when I learned that somebody's expecting or has an infant, and they're kind of just like you can see like the bags in their eyes and like the no sleep factor. And they just say, like, I said, yeah, it sucks now. Like it's tough, but you get, look at your kid, right? Like you me about the greatest piece of art you've ever made, right? Is you made a human being, you made this beautiful person that keeps your story going. And it's just, yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, they drive me crazy. And if you go to, uh, Dutch rub with two B's on Instagram, you see that they've probably created a few gray hairs for for our good friend Adam, but <laughs> you, you you wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's beautiful. when. And again, I, I got to get better at telling stories, but when you look at experiences in life, you can see the first moment that they did something. Like, oh, the first time they saw yeah. a shooting star or the first time they had a hot dog or the first time, you know, that they you know, went swimming and it's like that purity and you know, like the world is not where, you know, the world's not as great as it could be right now, but it's also, it's our, it makes our job, you know, that much more important to focus on those important things. And then you're, you mean, you're creating every day, you know, you're bringing things to life and you're expressing the feelings or ideas of so many people that are making that one bottle of beer, right? And just like, okay. It's not just about you and Ron. It's about so much other things, and that, and you have to do that. It's like, okay, here you go, and that's a that's a big undertaking. And so, fucking high fives you,
1: right? <laughs> and and to you, how old are your boys?
0: Seven and four. So like, it's it's pretty raw right now. We're definitely at, like a little more it's pretty raw. They're like mini, they're many adults now. I think like a year ago was probably a little more difficult, but right now is 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 much easier. I think that they're. Um, I mean, yeah,
1: they, they, yeah. they have yet to kind of take their first steps into the hormone forest. That's where things get kind of interesting, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. My, <laughs> wa- yeah, my <laughs> wife, you come out the other side. <laughs> my
0: wife teaches seventh grade, uh, seventh grade science. And so All we've,
1: right. we've,
0: we've seen like the foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's probably going to be giving them like, you know, the, the, your body talk before I am, she always jokingly says probably about two weeks in of the year she realizes the kids the, you know mostly the boys don't realize that they smell and so she gives them the very high level deodorant talk and so yeah so she's gonna she'll definitely be um, amazing. Y'all, yeah she says that like there'd be probably like two stinkers you know maybe two to three stinkers per class and so she's really good about not saying like hey bobby you smell so just say hey everyone like kind of let's look at things and gives them the, the high level, like life checklist. I, I always just kind of cry. It's so funny.
1: <laughs> my, my wife is in, she worked in sciences for a long time. She's, uh, uh, she was in biology and chemistry and worked in pharmaceuticals for a little bit and stem cell research. Uh, she's kind of done the kind of gamut of, of kind of bench science work around and uh, similar kind of personality, <laughs> similar kind of personality. It's amazing. Um, and it, it's, and you know, we found it's it's been a great balance. I mean, man, um, you know, of having you know one creative and you know one more analytical thinker, you know, in the household, I think has been has been pretty terrific. So,
0: yeah, exactly. I always... She
1: could be she could be analytic, and I could be divergent. You know, and we'll meet someplace <laughs> in between. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's good. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So, so how you know how would you describe kind of or, or not describe but it's kind, of, but how would you uh, what is your process kind of the mediums you're using or how are you coming up with your pieces?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's been an evolving thing. Uh, you know, like I mentioned the the first, my first labels were all hand painted watercolor ink and colored pencil, which is kind of crazy. Um, just some of those materials just don't particularly scan well, but you know, again, it was, it was early 2000s. I was still trying to figure out digital process at that time. Um, and then for a long time I would do, um, I would start with pencil sketches. Um, and I was tattooing, uh, at that time. So tracing paper was always around. So I would kind of do different layers of, of sketches with tracing paper. And then eventually do like a micron pen, you know, line illustration. Um, and then scan those in and then start coloring on the, on the computer with Photoshop. And that was probably my longest running process with the labels and, uh, and now I just do everything on an iPad Pro pretty much. I get about it, – it's it's evolving because I'm still not 100% comfortable with the software I use there. But it's, uh, you know, somewhere between 60 to 80% of it is done on an iPad Pro. And then I throw it over to my laptop and I finish it off on Photoshop there. So everything's completely digital, but, you know, I hand – you know, I hand letter every, every front label so we don't use any, you know uh, – uh, you know, I'm not using any vectors or, you know, any, uh, I'm not typesetting with any fonts. I'm just kind of just writing everything out. So, um, the back label is a bit different, but, um, but that's kind of been my process. I mean, I just really love hand drawing. I love hand lettering. I just enjoy that kind of meditative process of getting in there. Um, you know, and typically my ideas, uh, it kind of depends. Like, I, you know, I still start with sketch a lot of times, like with physical material, uh, pencil and paper, um, but it's a lot less information, and I don't typically scan that in or anything like that. Or it's, you know, on occasion, I'll photograph it with my phone. God, we're living in the future. I photograph a, a sketch with my phone and I email it to myself, and I and I kind of start with that process. Uh, but sometimes I just start with the iPad too. Um, I scribble a lot and try to find shapes. Sometimes, um, if 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 the labeling is is. Uh, it's kind of design oriented. And I think the stuff we did with, um, uh, with, uh, Holy Mountain Brewery was kind of like that, where I was kind of finding some more, you know, trying to find some fluid shapes and things like that. But I, um, but generally, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm trying to go back on my process. You know, I guess it really comes down to story in, in a sense, like, what am I trying to say with this thing? I don't, typically everything I is, is is very deliberate, you know? Um, and again, because Ron doesn't direct all that much um, and lets me kind of do what I want, I'm able to kind of tell my story. I'm not interpreting somebody else's story that I've got to find, you know, which is kind of a whole different process. So um, I think that lends to a lot of creativity and a lot of, um, you know, kind of free flowing of information kind of coming from my mind, you know, uh, you know, into my hand, into the pen, um, that I could just kind of figure stuff out. And maybe I'll start something that's provocative, that I don't know exactly what it means. But as I'm drawing it, I can kind of figure out the story that perhaps my subconscious or my intuition was implying, or I'm writing into it. I mean, it's 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 a pretty uh, it's a pretty creative, murky, <laughs> soft process. But by the time it's done, like part of my part of my satisfaction is that you know I can confidently tell a story and I can defend every decision I made in it. And if it doesn't reach that level, or I feel like it was a cheap decision or it just doesn't resonate with me in, in, in some way Then I, then I toss it. I mean, there's been times where I've spent, you know, weeks on a, on a draw get all the way there. And then at the last minute, I'm like, you know what, I don't like it. I'm scrapping it and doing something just and stay up all night and, and knock out something else. Um, it doesn't happen all that often, but you know, it's, it's, it's not unheard of for me to do that. So I think I try to just find something that's, that's authentic and that, and again, that I can, that I can speak to in a way that I feel like I know what's kind of going on and I, um, and, and it might not be direct, you know, like I might not have like a backstory for every character in there. It's not necessarily like that. Um, but I could, but I could at least kind of talk about stylistically why I approach something the way I did, what's symbolic about it, um, that relates to the name or the collaboration or the beer or something like that. Like it just has to feel, it just has a square with me, I guess, you know, there's a certain harmony that, that it reaches. And once I've tuned it to that place, then, then I'm cool
0: yeah no that's awesome I man I, I hate that i'd I like the fact that you're so uh stringent on yourself that you wanted to just kind of throw weeks worth you know weeks worth of work away but um I, I think that also shows you know the the high level that you you know you set for yourself so i think that it's really uh it's really it sucks but it's awesome
1: you yeah. know yeah whatever i mean but you know i mean if if you know i mean it I, the first version wasn't a loss. I mean, you know, the reality is that I still got to, you know, to manifest that in some way and you learn the yeah. lessons that were there.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. You absorbed it. You absorbed it and made you better. But it, the physical, you know, output of that of that moment, was just wasn't what it should be. So when you collaborate with other folks, is is the how is that? Is there collaborations on labels or for my? It,
1: it seems no. that so, 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 well, like with, when I. With the uh, with with the beer, so like the brew might be a collaboration. so Ron likes to brew with a lot of other brewers and uh, he's he's very uh, uh, he travels a lot. he's got an aggressive schedule, likes to go out there and 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 brew with with people and to influence him and to influence them. so you know, I, I definitely take that into consideration. like what's the branding of the other brewery? Um, you know, how can I do my version of it or bring it into into my idea and hopefully they've got a, a strong sense of themselves in some way that, you know, can influence me. And sometimes they don't, and that's okay. Um, but it's, it's, it's a great place to kind of start looking for cues. Um, you know, I think your know, easy place to look for cues would be things like ingredients and stuff like that, but it's just kind of not how I roll, you know, like I've done that a few times and occasionally it kind of plays out. Okay. Um, But ultimately, it's, you know, there's not really that many ingredients people put in a beer, you know, so like, you end up with a lot of the same kinds of, you know, uh, the same kind of images on labels a lot. So, um, I kind of steer away from that as much as I can and just try to get to, you know, the personality of the other brewery or or something like that, you know, just try to find any kind of cues that I find exciting and, you know, and creatively enticing. You know, I just got to find out what hooks me, you know, oh, hey, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll play something off that and kind of roll with it. So
0: okay so what I, well okay so we should get there so how did you end up you know teaming up with ron like how did how did that come together
1: oh um i i tattooed him um so i was tattooing at a shop a few blocks away from where he was uh where he was brewing and he stopped in one day and we just kind of met was looking for uh some tattoo work and i you know uh I don't know. i probably put about four or five tattoos on Ron, I guess, um, it, over a period of a couple of years. And in that time he was asking me, uh, uh, he started asking about, about me doing some label illustration for him. And at that time um, I'd mentioned earlier that I was a catalog illustrator. I was kind of just kind of, you, I guess I was just kind of wrapping up a year of being a catalog illustrator, just lighting and which was cool. And I got to learn some process from these guys, but ultimately, you know, they couldn't pay me like the kind of money I made tattooing. So it didn't really make much sense to continue that. But I, I learned this skill set. So I was really, you know, interested in kind of taking on something else that was, you know, more illustrative and food and beverage based. Um so I was like, Hell yeah, I'll do it. So he had some ideas and I had some ideas and we just kind of bounced them around and and again we landed on those first um you know, those first six or seven labels we did. So um and uh and those I think brewery was founded in 2004 I guess we started that process in Oh three, I'm guessing. Um, cause I, I feel like it, there, were, there wasn't much to it at the point where he approached me like, it was just kind of an idea at that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. I mean, you know, one of the side things of being a tattooer, you know, again, going back to that hustle and that grind, you know, um, is that, you know, you're kind of working for your paychecks every day, you know, whatever comes in that door or whatever appointments you're making. So, you get really good at doing a wide variety of side jobs. You know, some dude, some dudes do like sign painting or I don't know, like all these kinds of weird things you find yourself in. And, you know, and he offered up a job. So I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do it. You know, even though I haven't necessarily done that kind of work before I was, you know, I was excited to learn and I was excited to, you know, to do something else a bit outside of my comfort zone and, and, you know, and, and make some side money doing that. So um, I had babies to feed. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of start, started like that. And, you know, Ron and I got along really well. Um, you know, Ron's an interesting personality type. Um, he's, uh, so that was great. He's he's a bit quirky. So it's just kind of fun. Like I've always fascinated and drawn to people like that, that, you know, just have these idiosyncratic idiosyncr- personalities. Um, so we got along really well and worked out perfect. So, and here we are, geez, you know, many years later. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. No, because I mean, one of the one of the common things, well, not not common, but it comes up here and then. It's like if you interweave everybody, which like a, which I hate, but the word clouds, like I think that tattooing is, not necessarily that other artists are, uh, tattoo artists, but I just, I mean, I know how much I I love tattoos. I, I have I have zero, but it's not because I don't want them. But I just know that it wouldn't be one. It'd be like a hundred within like a month. Like I just know like that's
1: where it go. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, and again, like, and, and that industry has changed so much too. Like I, I was coming up in that industry as it was kind of taking off. Like I started tattooing like in the mid nineties, you know what I mean? So this is like, you know, high grunge time, you know what I mean? So this is like kind of where that, that was the kind of environment that I was in going to college and people were just starting to kind of get tattoos and this kind of stuff. And it was really, you know, kind of cutting edge at that time. So, you know, I fell into that, um, you know, or at least I was attracted to it. Um, and man, that was a great, that was a great skill set to kind of pick up because it really forced me to learn how to illustrate and letter, you know, overnight. Cause again, like that was, you know, what I had to do to, to, to make my money. And, uh, um, and I traveled all over the place doing that stuff. So that was a great, it was a great run. You know, that was a, that was a terrific career that, you know, I'm eternally grateful for, um, but nice to be on the side of it as well, too, you know, kind of leaving that, leaving that in the past and, um, you know, and, and just, and just being respectful, just being respectful of it. And I get introduced to so many cool people doing that stuff. I mean, Ron included in that. So, you know, that's how I ended up with Jolly Pumpkin. So
0: now are you just tat- are you a, you, you tattooed up like kind of like head to toe? Which, how, many, how many are you rocking? What do you think over under?
1: Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm, you know, uh. I think probably between 50 and 60 is my guess. Probably around that neighborhood. So yeah, pretty good. You know, I mean, that's kind of how you learn to tattoo is getting tattooed. So, you know, you kind I of do, got to commit. I do. <laughs> I do
0: find that part of it really weird. Like the fact that you would like, let somebody who's learning just kind of like draw on you. Like that's, that's, that's my, that's my no, so only, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a yeah. Whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> th- oh yeah. My no. I I mean, I know he doesn't listen. Uh, I, I've quizzed him before cause I've made comments, but I just, I have, I have a nephew and, he has some great pieces on him, but then he has some of these like awful. And I I, I'm just kind of like, why do you have that on there? And he's like, well, it was like a junior artist and it was on sale. And I'm just like, uh, what? Yeah. Like, what are you fucking talking about? (laughs) Like I wouldn't buy, like there's a couple of things I don't get for cheap, cheap haircuts and tattoos. Like I'll get a cheap slice of pizza, but like, he's like, oh yeah, the guy was just trying to get started. I'm like, dude, that doesn't come off. Like you're, and then you have this beautiful, like, eagle in your chest you have this great lighthouse and even like a weird squid but it's fucking cool and then you have like a goat like that looks like you know my son drew it on you it's like i don't get that like, yeah i would have the guy like but that's a thing right like that's a
1: total like it is it is you know and listen i'm gonna i'm gonna chalk it up to like you know i mean i think listen i think there's a certain time in your life where that makes sense clearly neither of us are, are in that period of our lives where that would make sense but i honestly think like there's this there's this element of kind of you know, uh, you know, you want to, you want to help somebody out, like sure it's cheap and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, that, that, that process of learning and all that stuff, it just requires somebody to sacrifice, you know, a bit of flesh for it. And I think that if you feel a human connection to that young artist, you know, and you kind of want to help them out, like, I don't know, like, I think you're just kind of giving up a little bit of flesh for them to learn those things that they need to learn. I, I don't know. Like, I think it's, I think it's beyond the image and I think it's beyond the price. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure right. if I've ever really broken it down before, but I think it's kind yeah. of somewhere in there. It's, 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 interesting. Like, it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah, sure. Do that on me. Like, it's cool. Like learn your thing. And it's cool to watch you learn that. And, I'll, and I'll, and I'll give up a little bit of a little bit of skin for that. And I so. hope
0: that you're, yeah. And I hope in the future that either you or somebody who works at this shop is good at cover-up tattoos, right? If it goes
1: totally, totally, (laughs) totally. Now this is going to be a
0: weird question because I just thought in my head, but like what technology is, is it, is it the reasoning because it's, there's nothing comparable to tattooing on flesh? Like do do they have like, like fake, like arms you can tattoo on? They do,
1: they do. I've, I've never, I've never tried any of that stuff before, but I know like when I was, when, you know, just in my last few years of tattooing, I feel like that stuff was just kind of coming around, uh, uh, coming around. Like people were, it was, people were buying it like at supply houses and all that stuff, but I never tried it before. So, you know, I, I had to, I had to learn on folks, you know, and, and I guess, you know, people back in the day, they would tattoo grapefruits, things like that. I never did any of that. Like, it was crazy. Like, you you learn how to tattoo. Like you get equipment, and suddenly it's like there's no shortage, especially at a certain point in your life. Go, again, going back to those years. You know, you're a young college kid. There's no shortage of people who are lined up to you know to get a first tattoo just because they want something and it's free. Or, right. You know, for a six pack of beer or something like that. Now, so, what's your
0: what's your like? Again, we're in a weird hole here, and we'll we'll come back into the other one. But what's the weirdest either tattoo or like pl- body part you had to tattoo?
1: Oh, geez, uh, I've done. You know, I've done. I've done every body part, you know, bar none. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, kind of weird, you know, I think the weirdest tattoos people would get, I don't know if it's, it's definitely weirder stuff out there, but like plated food was always kind of interesting to me. Like, yeah. you know, I got a bowl, you know, I got, I got breakfast. Cause I like breakfast. It's like, yeah, I guess I get that. I like it's breakfast, like, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, certainly people would, you know, cause I kind of feel like there was this thing where, you know, there's, there's a line of people who try to get the craziest tattoos, and it, and it, it always kind of comes off over engineered, and like you just tried to make that crazy, you know? Like I yeah. think, I, I think it's got like it's got to be crazy, but at the same time, it's got to be authentic to some degree. Like there's got to be a rationale behind it, and not too long winded of a story. So that's why I'm just like you know what, I like breakfast. Like fuck yeah, I like breakfast too. That's perfect. Weird, but I'm all about it. So,
0: all right, yeah, no, the, yeah. The weirdest one, one of the weirdest ones I've seen is in that. Breakfast vein was. I was at a music festival and this woman had this like. And I, when I say cheesy, you just give me a second. But it was a it was a big slice of cheesy pepperoni pizza. It was a slice mm. on her like back of her arm, and I was just like, I don't know. I I tried to take some pictures without being intrusive. And it, part of me, but I I had a few. Yeah, a few few libations in, and I was like, ah, this I want to know really bad what made what where that story is, but I won't ask it in a way that'll be like respectful. I'm gonna be like, why the fuck is there a piece of pizza on your arm? So I just I just I just hoped that my zoom on my camera was like pretty good and took some weird photos of this random woman's forearm in Virginia, and you know, whatever. But it was weird.
1: Yeah, maybe she just likes pizza. Like I get that. Yeah, I, like, I, I love it. pizza. I yeah, like, can right. resonate with that. Yeah,
0: it was like, all right, cool. I'm down with that. All right. <laughs> so let's get, let's get out of this because I could, I could ask you questions about you know tattooing dudes' junks and all sorts of weird stuff. But um, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, So so the the process. So new beers coming out, and I think what's cool about Jolly is these aren't like and again, this I mean I love IPAs, but I think IPAs have a quicker turnaround time, and I think some of the stuff that jolly's doing has a little more kind of aging to it and again that that's maybe just my naivete of what i think it goes in no i think i think of. that's
1: right yeah no that's right yeah
0: so the the project management life cycle so how like so is ron when is ron telling you that you know new beers coming out or is it more like oh shit new labels needed in a week what's your life cycle like
1: it's 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 a bit more the oh shit thing because i think that you know you I think it's, it's a bit unpredictable, you know, because it's like, you don't know it's ready until it's ready. Cause it's like, you know, this, you know, we I, listen, I'm making stuff up here. I'm not a brewer, but it it seems like, well, we think it's going to be in, in wood for six months, but you don't know how that wood's going to behave with this specific beer. And, you know, it's, it's, and you have all these variables that are kind of constantly changing the weather, the atmosphere, I don't know. Um, it, maybe music that's being played, um, And so they're estimating six months, but by the way, it might be in that, it might be that wood for nine months. It might be, you know, so it's kind of hard to kind of stack that list of what we need until we know they're just about ready. So, um, we know what's in wood and we can kind of come up with a soft list, but something that's way towards the bottom, might have some jump up like, holy shit, that got done quick. We better pull that out of wood and package it. So um, I don't know, it's a bit all over the place. I mean, there's there's, there's, a, there's a sense of chaos at Jolly Pumpkin that you just kind of got to get comfortable with. And I think that that's, you know, just in the nature of the style of beer and the brewing process and the personalities involved and all that stuff. I mean, listen, they've got their formula and they got their magic and it clearly works, but um, it doesn't really work well with, uh, you know, with, with Excel documents. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, t- typically what will happen is, something's ready and you know because we have to go through like ttb approval and all that kind of stuff or they think it's 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 about to get ready so you know and they can package they can package before we label I me mean, they can put it into bottles before we label so that will often happen if they feel they have to pull it quick that they'll just put it in bottles and and stack it off to the side um and all those beers are bottle conditioned too so like they continue to ferment in the bottles so um that's a whole part of the process uh and and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I kind of hear like, I think Ron prefers some beers super, you know, more fresh than others. And I, I don't know, there's a whole thing there, but I think it's an advantage, you know, that we have with the style of beer that we make that, you know, it's a living culture that's inside the bottle. It's not like about a freshness thing so much. Um, so they're going to c- continue to ferment and I'm sure he factors that into the packaging process. So, you know, maybe he, I'm making this up, but maybe he packages them a little young, knowing that it's going to take a little bit of time to get them out on the shelves, you know, at, at retail or whatever. So I feel like that's a lot of that's factored in, but just not written down. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, it could be an emergency email of, you know, let's do this one now. And, you know, the packaging manager will contact me. And, you know, because they meet and they taste and they blend and they've got this whole, you know, alchemical process that they do because it's a whole blending thing, which I, fucking crazy i don't know that whole thing's nuts um but they're tasting you know i don't know you know you have four columns six beers deep and you know they're picking out you know let's do number one and number nine and number 14 that's the blend you know like how they arrived at that i have no idea you know um but that's that's i think you know that's the ron genius i think it's so much of it is brewing but with this style of beer so much of it is the blending from what i can tell like that seems to be such a specialty thing so
0: yeah. They're so, um, uh, they're so tied into that. I mean, part of me, no offense, Ron, you have a good gig going, but I think part of it's also this collaboration They get enough collaborations. So they can, you know, go to other people's breweries and have a, you know, have a good time catching up the buds. You know, that's always, if I could figure, I always figure it out that way when I uh, travel for work, if I can tie it into a sure. ta- tie it into a town that, you know, my college roommates in or a buddy I haven't seen in a while. And it's like, Oh wait, I can go there and see a client knock out 12 birds with one stone. But yeah, I think it's, really, yeah. I think it's really great. Um, and I think that, and I, um, yeah, I definitely, the, the breweries that are being collabed with her, it's, it's, um, it's kind of that inherited awesomeness because they're both, you know, doing some cool stuff. And so by working together, it's, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a multiplier for that. And so.
1: Yeah. That's a benefit of picking a cool industry. You know, I mean, I think, you know, do what you love. And if part of that is social, you know, and you like that stuff then do it. And I think, you know, that you know, brewing is definitely in one of those industries. It's, you know, it's kind of got that cool point factor and you make a lot of friends and it's super family oriented like that, you know, like people just love to, to hang out and, and all that. So it's cool.
0: Now do you, they, does, does Ron give you the names of the beers or what, what is that? Like, how does that come together?
1: Yeah. Most, most of the time that is the case. Yeah. Uh, you know, usually he'll kind of come up with a name and, and, you know, sometimes, you know, one or two words or a sentence concepts, or, you know, I'm thinking, you know what? And that's not even all that often. Usually it's a name, you know, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And, and, which is great because honestly, like I can kind of look at it, you know, kind of poetically and just kind of like, okay, how am I going to interpret this thing? You know? Um, and occasionally, you know, we'll talk, kind of talk about the style of beer or whatever that it is. But, um, but again, you know, we're do we're doing sour beers. So there isn't a tremendous amount of variety to influence that part of the process. Um, so usually it's, it's kind of the name and, you know i might ask kind of what the inspiration was there and and usually you know it's 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 not particularly direct answers so I, I think that you know the fact that you know that that's just kind of ron's mindset and how his mental process operates that benefits the process of me just kind of being interpretive you know uh you know with, with his poetry um and i think we're both just inherently like that so um you know it, it seems to be a, it seems to be a good matchup with that so awesome I think that would probably drive other people crazy. Honestly, like, I think that <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the environment for everybody, but you know, um, you know, the way I was kind of looked at it, if this is a band, the band analogy is that, you know, uh, you know, he plays guitar and I don't know. And I play bass, you know, it's like, you know, he does what he, he, he does what he does and I do what I do. And together we kind of create this thing, you know, um, you know, we have, we have a basic idea of kind of where we're going, but, you know we just kind of jam it out so
0: little jazz little, little jammy all good yeah some of the best music was never yeah some of the best music was never written down right
1: well right you know and i think that's you know like listen i always kind of looked at at jp like that to some degree like you know I, i've come to see it as like you know ron is is far more you know more of a frank zappa type or you know like it's just and or some kind of Kind of, so kind of got a jazz musician where it's like, he likes these limited lineups of, of guests artists kind of coming in and jamming with him. And we do the big 12 inch singles and it's gatefolds. gatefold. we got the big art, you know, we've got all that stuff. And that's just kind of always how I looked at, at JP. And it's like, and by the way, they're going to jam this one time. And it's you know, however many cases of beer or, or barrels of beer they're putting out. And once it's gone, it's gone. Like there's no, that's not happening again. So, um, you know, I think that record label analogy kind of helped me wrap my head around, you know, how that brewery operates, you know, especially when I compared, you know, compared to other brewers who don't brew those styles of beers, you know, where product is dependable and it's, you know, and, and you know, and, and they're all about like kind of, you know, increasing scale or whatever they're doing, you know, but they've got their constant IPA stouts and lagers or whatever, you know, um, that this is just a categorically different kind of process and a different kind of beer and a different kind of creative methodology. So, um, you know, I just think we just kind of found it, you know, it was never laid out. We just kind of found it and this is the way it's been going. So. Awesome.
0: Now I have, uh, two That's more, for that. two more for you. <laughs> One, um, uh, sure. is, um, you know, as somebody who's, you know, successful and, you know, uh, you know, however, everyone wants to find that, but I think that, you know, given how long you've been at it, you know, any, any advice you'd have for somebody who's, you know, maybe maybe you're the uh, you know, you're the teacher. You know, with the the young the young student. You know, somebody who thinks that they want to make a go at it with art, but maybe they're a little little hesitant, or maybe somebody early on in their career. Any you know any advice from being in the you know the, the hustle for you know not to age you, but for as long as you've been in there?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think you know, um, take risks. You know, um, and and don't be dogmatic. I mean, I think that's the thing that I've I've fought. A really long time, and 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 now that I'm at the point of the game that I'm in, that I'm very glad I, I listened to those instincts in the sense that you know you know art seems so inherently creative, you know I um, mean it seems like oh you can do anything you want, but I think you know when you're on the inside of the arts, especially when you're young and kind of coming up, um, nothing is could be further from <laughs> the truth for many artists. I just think that artists like to put rules around styles. You know, like, I mean, this is certainly the case in music, right? I mean, I think that, you know, you know, you have to, I I don't even know. I'm not going to use music analogy. I'm not a musician. But like in the art world, like it just seems that, you know, there's certain ways you draw things or there's certain kind of materials that you use or you don't draw that hand right or whatever, you know, whatever it is. But like, you know, beyond like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to limit that down to like, you know, anatomical correctness. Like, it's not necessarily about that. It's like more stylistic. So I think when you start talking about style that people have, I think they put start to put a lot of rules around it. And I don't think it's the artists that do that. I think it's the fans of the artists that do that. Um, and then, so suddenly you start n- distrusting your own instincts. It's kind of like, well, I wouldn't have done it like that, but so-and-so does it like that. So I'm going to learn to do it like that, which I think is cool to a point. But I think if it's not your honest approach to things, like you need to trust yourself a bit and like kind of, you know, go off the map a little bit and do what you feel is right. I mean, again, that other stuff is valuable. Learning how people do things and and following their style is great, but it's not going to get you there. You know, I I just really think that, you know, being able to trust your own instincts and to know what you do is, you know, is the, it's, it's the goal and it's the reward of, of doing it, how you see it should be done, because you can work confidently from it. It's not like, um, you know, those answers are kind of coming from within inside of you. So I think that's it. I'm mean, going to think just, you know, be risky and, and follow your gut. Um, certainly pay attention to what's going on out there, but, you know, use yourself as the measure for what you feel is right or wrong. And, you know, don't get too, don't get too dogmatic about stuff. All right.
0: And this, which I think is yeah. my important <laughs> advice. No, I think that because I think that, I don't know. I think that, you know, it's, it's uh like, we saw that before it's, it's hyper competitive, but there's hyper connectivity, you know, so it's, it's good and the good and the bad as however you want to see it. And so I think that the little things like work ethic, they're, they're easier said than done. And I think that people need to just kind of, you know, bite down and, and do it. But it's, like I said, like, you can just say that, but. Yeah, I can teach you. Right. How to, I can teach you it's how to. shade. Yeah, well, yeah, I can teach you. I mean, I can't. I mean, we would say, but I can teach you how to shade. I can teach you how to do line work. I can teach you, you know, the 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 foundations of watercolors and what have you. But that's all well and good. But if you, you know, if you don't have the the drive or you know the willingness to to do some of the other the other kind of uh, intangibles, it's it's kind of be for naught. So I think that it's.
1: Right, and and I think that a lot of times that that lack of drive, I think that you know it it might not because somebody doesn't, it might not be because somebody doesn't want to improve, but it might be because you know they don't do it because they're fearful about moving forward because they feel that they're going to do it wrong, or they're gonna or they're going to be criticized either by themselves or somebody else, and and you know I know that's kind of been a theme with the things I've been saying, but you know raising kids, you see that a lot, you know, like I think it's just about like you know just trusting trusting yourself and 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 create a safe place for you to experiment and fail, you know, and not be, you know, n- not be overly judgmental about it. Just let it be what it's going to be and go on to the next thing. You know, um,
0: sera, sera. I want like to see
1: people get paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. Sera, sera.
0: Whatever will be, will be. Now, lastly, and this is kind of a, this is hopefully easier. Um, when you're creating, do you have kind of music or, or bands or what are you, what are you listening to, or what's kind of the the vibe of the of the studio for you?
1: Ah, yeah, okay. So, um, you know, I go through different periods of stuff that I listen to. Um, I think you know, I you know, I listen to a lot of classical music. Um, listen to a lot of uh, ambient, electronica, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, I like I like stuff that's not yelling at me. How's that? So, like, I'm okay. just pointed. There's points when I'm doing stuff. Like, I like to get pumped up, but I don't like to get pumped up when I draw. I really like to focus in. So you know, uh, um, I think anything that causes me to be able to kind of get into that zone quicker, um, I love putting earbuds in and, 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 you know, working like that. I just like to be very concentrated, the faster I can kind of get into that creative space and work freely, the better. Um, and that doesn't, and once upon a time that would require me to kind of get, you know, really kind of, really kind of pumped up or have a perspective on something. And, you know, I mean, have a lot of, it was, it it was more, there's more bravado in my process when I was younger. And now it's like, that's the last thing I want. That's like, that's the, the opposite of the energy I want when I'm working. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's typically the kind of style of music I, you know, I listen to. So, um, what are the and some, I grew what up are some, some of that of, stuff. My mom was a big,
0: yeah, what are some of the artists? Oh, go ahead. No, some of the artists.
1: Um, I'm listening, uh, right now I'm listening to this guy named, uh, L-O-S-C-I-L. He's a, he's a BC, uh, electronic artist. I'm liking his stuff a lot. Um, I like really bleak, landscapey stuff like uh, Anna Thorvald's daughter, like some of that Icelandic uh, Johan Johansson stuff. Nice. Um, I like kind of just bleak, landscapey stuff, you know. Like I think it's kind of reminiscent, I you know, like a lot of metal. Um, and I think you know, uh, you know, certainly in the '90s, stuff like Neurosis and all that stuff was really big for me. But you know, kind of going into Pelican and Suno and all that kind of stuff, like it kind of took me to this path of like really liking droning you know, ambient spatial music, you know, and that definitely has colored my taste in, you know, in in classical and electronic stuff. Um, But, you know, I I listen to jazz too, like, uh, I don't know, all kinds of stuff. So my my musical taste is really all over the place, but typically that's the kind of stuff I like to create too. So um, whatever can kind of get me in that, into that atmospheric, dreamy alpha state quicker, and then I could just focus in and just knock stuff out. And I just, I love that space. I just love being in that in that space of of drawing and you know and I, I just have a, such a, a confident sense of myself and my surroundings and where I want to go, you know. I mean that's the benefit of writing or or drawing, right? You're kind of you're kind of the god in that space and you know it's a blast. It's a blast.
0: Well, we're not worthy, and I thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Adam. I really appreciate you making the time and,
1: and thank you. This rule they this is really a good time. I really appreciate you. Thank you.
0: Well thanks. No, I think that it's nice, right? You kind of step out of the normal and you look at yourself in a different way and people always say, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to do this or whatever, whatever. Well, here we are, almost, you know, seventy five minutes in and I, I feel confident that that, I don't know, the way I end up a good interview is knowing that if you and I were in together in person that the only reason we'd probably end the conversation is last call or, you know, one of us has to be, you know, at a meeting the next day. And I, I think that yeah, I look forward to that. You know, I don't get to Detroit very often, but I do get to Chicago and, you know, I I actually we have an office in in Toledo, Ohio, so I probably could, you know, get to Detroit. And so I, I look forward to trying to <laughs> make I look forward to no I look forward to trying to make that work. You know, and I i look forward yeah
1: absolutely to, yeah. Look, look look me up please contact me that that would be a blast it'd be, it'd be great to meet you this is again this is this is huge thanks man I, I really appreciate the interest and again blown away that you know i'm even asked to be doing this podcast and i think what you're doing is super terrific and i love that you're highlighting artists and it's you know uh, you know the label art and all that stuff and art is becoming so much more associated with beer you know more than ever and uh, i'm just so grateful to be been a Been a part of the brewing industry as as i was you know at that time and i am where i am now like it's huge it's huge it's it's special and it's amazing
0: well well thank you for saying that the way i look at it is when i have artists who i enjoy their work and they you know uh evoke emotions or make me feel better and you know warm you know warmth and bring me happiness like yourself then when you want to be in this podcast we both kind of validate that we're doing something that's, you know, making things better. And so, you know, you know, cheers to that. And, uh, we'll meet in 3d. Uh, I welcome it. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, have a great time with, uh, out West and you know, we'll connect soon. Okay.
1: Awesome. That sounds great. Thanks, AJ. All
0: right. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Adam. I appreciate you.
1: Okay. Take care. Cheers.
0: And there we have it folks, Mr. Adam Foreman, it was a real pleasure to speak to him, hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode, episode number 52, cinquenta y dos. and it is really exciting. We are slowly approaching our one year anniversary, so I think on the one year anniversary, we will drop some knowledge on you we'll drop some info maybe give you a little save the date for the you know the summer event and we'll see where we are we'll uh, do a little retrospective but just really been a great experience so far and we'll see where you know see where we are really excited about the you know the next six pack that we announced the feedback that we've gotten recently about other artists that we should be including has been growing exponentially it's just been a really a positive experience. So please do not hesitate to reach out. My name is AJ. If you can guess what it stands for, I'll send you a couple of beers. AJ at 16ozcanvas.com You know, I am the rural we. That is me, myself, we, myself, and I. It's my playoff, of we, myself, and I. And we're here each week and we're having a great time doing it. So if you would do me a small favor... Tell a friend, you know, maybe a fellow craft beer, just let them know about the podcast or a fellow artist or, you know, entrepreneur, whatever, whatever it is, have you ever found us? Or maybe you're a fellow podcaster and you're trying to learn, you know, different techniques. I do find myself listening to other folks' podcasts, A, for content, but B, also to see, you know, the the production and also interviewing techniques and just ways about going about things. And, hey, if you're somebody who might want to get interested, we're always looking for, you know, folks to to join the crew. We're looking for some production individuals. I think our first, you know, get or hire would be somebody, you know, a videographer. We'd love to do some of these interviews in person. We'd do it at the a studio or, you know, maybe at one of the breweries and just all the different tanks and everything. I think visually it would be beautiful. And so you know, get in touch with that, and if you have a second, you know, head on over to iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast on, if you leave us a review or just, you know, a rating, it does help a lot, so we do appreciate that. What do we have coming up? Well, we got some goodies coming up next week. We are going to be in Mexico, so very excited about that. I'm trying to figure out which beers to uh, bring with me, smuggle across the border. No, I'm just kidding. I think that's That might get me in trouble from somewhere, especially given where things are. I don't know. You don't hear much about people getting in trouble going into Mexico, but that's another time, another place, and I have very strong opinions there, having uh, spent a summer living in Tijuana. But we'll just let you connect those dots. But we'll still have a show for you next week, so it'll be our first Western Hemisphere edition, so we're excited about that, episode number 53 And we're rocking and rolling as we finish out our fifth 12-pack. So I want to thank everybody. Again, Adam Foreman. Adam, the letter B. B as in boy. B as in beer. Foreman, F-O-R-M-A-N. Jollypumpkin.com. Dutch Rub on Instagram with two Bs. And I'm AJ Kierens, and we're here each and every week bringing you this art-infused... Double dry hopped, barrel aged, I guess I want to say kettle sour. I'm not even sure what the fuck that means, but adventure. And we're having a great time. So we thank you. And once again, when you hold that beer in your hand, before you throw away, you know, when you open up your fridge, you see your little mini art gallery and you enjoy, enjoy the the sweet nectar inside the can or bottle. And it's got that great label on it for one of our awesome artists or, you know, future artists. Just hold it a second longer, just a little bit more right before you're about to throw it out and just realize all the extra work that went into that. Whether it's the front of house folks, the, you know, QA, QC folks, you know, the operations, the brewers, assistant brewers, folks from making sure, you know, that the everything's clean and up to, up to spec you know, um production manager, people in the canning lines there's so many great people that are involved. And so it's our jobs to kind of give them a you know tip of the cat. When things go smoothly, people don't notice because things go well. People are unfortunately more likely to complain or raise a flag or kind of post a bitchy comment or a rude comment when things don't go well. It's not as often that you, you know, reach out to post something that was, you know, really well done. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm just saying data-wise, it shows that, you know, people are more likely to to post constructive or, or sass. So we uh, we acknowledge, we, we tip our caps, and uh, we appreciate all that you and you and you do. And so we'll see you next week. We thank you. Again, thank you, Adam. I can't tell you, uh, it was a great experience and you might actually get me to come to Detroit. So let's see what happens with that. Stay tuned folks. It is evolving. Who knows what the next chapter is going to be, but it will be televised and we will, uh, we'll keep you updated. So see you next week.